Well, we started last week, if you weren't here, preparing for Pastor Rock to preach through uh, the book of Daniel, and I presented chapters 1, 2, and 3. We saw, um, uh, we were introduced to Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, we saw Daniel interpret a major dream for King Nebuchadnezzar. They went into his service, and of course, then Nebuchadnezzar uh, set up an image of gold, and that resulted in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being thrown into the fiery furnace. Um, this week, we're going to, uh, I'm going to present uh, today, uh, chapters 4, 5, and 6. Uh, we're going to talk about King Nebuchadnezzar, the rest of his career, uh, and the two kings that came after him, and how Daniel was involved with that, too. So, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for revealing who you are through your word. Thank you for this gracious gift, the knowledge of you, just the wonder of understanding who you are and that you are in control of everything. Lord, we pray that every heart, every mind, every ear, every eye here would receive your words, Lord. Reveal yourself to us, Lord. Each one of us draw us closer to you. Reveal what you're up to, your kingdom, your ways, your heart, so that we can bring glory to your name. For Jesus' sake, amen. As we feast on the word of the Lord, may the Lord be with you. <laughs> King Nebuchadnezzar, to the peoples, nations, and men of every language throughout the world, may you prosper greatly. It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. <laughs> How great are his signs! How mighty his wonders! His kingdom is an eternal kingdom, and his dominion endures from generation to generation. <laughs> I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at home in my palace, contented and prosperous. I had a dream that made me afraid. So I commanded all the wise men of Babylon be brought before me to interpret the dream for me. When the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners came, I told them the dream, but they could not interpret it for me. Finally, Daniel came into my presence, and I told him the dream. He is called Belteshazzar, after the name of my God, and the spirit of the holy God is in him. I said, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you, and that no mystery is too difficult for you. Here's my dream. Interpret it for me. These are the visions I saw while lying in my bed. I looked, and there before me stood a tree in the middle of the land. Its height was enormous. The tree grew large and strong until its top touched the sky. It, it was visible to the ends of the earth. It, it had beautiful leaves and abundant fruit, and on it was food for all. Under it, the beast of the field found shelter, and the birds of the air nested in its branches. From it, every creature was fed. <laughs> After that, in my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was a messenger, a holy one, coming down from heaven. He said, cut down the tree and destroy it. Strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the animals flee from under it and the birds from its branches. But let the stump, bound with iron and bronze, remain in the ground and the grass of the field. Let his mind be changed from that of a man 
and let him be given the mind of an animal till seven times pass by for him. The holy ones declare the verdict so that the living may know that the most high God is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes and sets over them the lowliest of men. This is the dream that I, King Nebuchadnezzar, had. Now, Belteshazzar, tell me what it means, for none of the wise men in my kingdom can interpret it for me, but you can, because the spirit of the holy gods is in you. <laughs> then Belteshazzar, also known as Daniel, was greatly perplexed for a time, and his thoughts terrified him. The king said to Daniel, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or its meaning alarm you. Belteshazzar answered, My lord, if only the dream applied to your enemies and its meaning to your adversaries. The tree you saw, which grew large and strong with its top touching the sky, visible to the ends of the earth, having beautiful leaves and abundant fruit, giving shelter to the beasts of the field and having nesting places in its branches for the birds of the air. You, O king, are that tree. You've become great and strong, and your greatness has grown until it reaches the sky, and your dominion extends to the distant parts of the earth. See, you, O king, saw a messenger, a holy one, coming down from heaven, saying, cut down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump with its roots bound with iron and bronze in the ground. Let him live with the wild animals until seven times pass by for him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the verdict that the Most High God has issued against my Lord, the king. You will be driven away from people and given the mind of an animal. You will eat grass like cattle and your body will be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. Now, the command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots in the ground means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that then your prosperity will continue. All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar 12 months later. As the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he said, Is this not the great Babylon I have built by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? The words were still on his lips when a voice came from heaven saying, this is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you. You will be driven away from people and given the mind of an animal. You will eat grass like cattle and your body will be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and sets over them anyone he wishes. Immediately what had been said about King Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from people and given the mind of an animal. He ate grass like cattle, and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle, 
and his nails like the claws of a bird. At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven, and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified him who lives forever. <laughs> he does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? <laughs> At the same time that my sanity was restored, my honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and nobles sought me out and I was restored to my throne. <laughs> and became even greater than before. <laughs> now, I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of Heaven, because everything he does is right, and all his ways are just. <laughs> and those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. <laughs> King Belshazzar, Nebuchadnezzar's son, gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles, and he drank wine with them. Now, as the king was drinking his wine, he gave orders. Bring in the gold and silver goblets that my father, Nebuchadnezzar, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem so that the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. So they brought in the gold and silver goblets that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem. And the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines drank wine from them. As they drank the wine... They praised the gods of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Suddenly, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote, and he became so frightened that his face turned deathly pale, and his knees knocked together, and his legs gave way. Then the king called out for the enchanters, astrologers, and diviners to be brought. And he said to these wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and t t tells me what it means, will be clothed in purple, have a gold chain placed around his neck, and he will be proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. So then all the king's wise men came in. <laughs> but they could not read the writing or tell the king what it meant. So the king became even more terrified, and his face grew more pale. His nobles were baffled. Now the queen, hearing the voices of the king and his nobles, came into the banquet hall. Oh, king, live forever, she said. <clears throat> Don't be alarmed. Don't look so pale. There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. In the time of your father, he was found to have insight and intelligence and outstanding wisdom like that of the gods. This man, Daniel, whom the king called Belteshazzar, was also found to have a keen mind and also the ability to in explain dreams and interpret riddles and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel. He'll tell you what the writing means. So Daniel was called before the king, and the king said to him, Are you Daniel, one of the exiles my father the king had brought from Judah? <laughs> I have heard that you have intelligence and outstanding wisdom. 
the wise men of my kingdom were brought before me to read this writing and tell me what it means, but they could not explain it. Now, I understand that you have the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve <coughs> difficult problems. <laughs> if you can read this writing and tell me what it means, you will be clothed in purple, have a gold chain placed around your neck, and you will be proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Well, Daniel said to the king, you may keep your gifts for yourself and give your rewards to someone else. Nevertheless, I will read the writing for the king and tell him what it means. <laughs> oh, king. The Most High God gave your father Nebuchadnezzar sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor. Because of the high position he gave him, all the peoples, nations, and men of every language dreaded and feared him. Those the king wanted to put to death, he put to death. Those he wanted to spare, he spared. Those he wanted to promote, he promoted. And those he wanted to humble, he humbled. But when his heart became arrogant and hardened with pride, he was deposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. He was driven away from people and given the mind of an animal. He ate grass like cattle. Seven times passed by for him until he acknowledged that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and sets over them anyone he wishes. But you, his son, O Belshazzar, have not humbled yourself. Instead, you have the goblets from his temple brought you, and you and your nobles, your wives, and your concubines drank wine from them. As you drank the wine, you praised the gods of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone that cannot see or hear or understand. But you did not honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Therefore, he sent the hand that wrote the inscription. This is the inscription that was written. Mine, mine, tekel a parson. This is what these words mean. Mine. God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Tekel. You have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. A parson. Your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Then, at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was clothed in purple, a gold chain was placed around his neck, and he was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Babylonians, was slain. And Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62. Now, it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Well, at this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find ground for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was neither corrupt nor negligent. So finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless... It has something to do with the law of his God. So the administrators and the satraps went as a group to the king and said to him, 
O king, live forever. <laughs> the royal administrators, satraps, governors, and advisors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or man during the next 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, king issued the decree and put it in writing in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians, <laughs> which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. <coughs> Did you not issue a decree, O king, that anyone who prays to any god or man during the next 30 days except to you shall be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said, well, Daniel, one of the exiles from Judah, who you have placed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, pays no attention to you, O king. He still prays three times a day. Now, when the king heard this, he was greatly distressed, and he was determined to rescue Daniel. And he made every effort until sundown to save him. But then the men went as a group to the king again and said to him, Remember, O king, that according to the laws of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be repealed. So the king gave the order. And they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God whom you serve continually, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned home to his palace, and he spent the night without eating, without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried towards the lion's den, when he came near the mouth of the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you? Daniel replied, O king, live forever. <laughs> My God sent his angel and they shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me for I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. Well, the king was overjoyed, and he gave orders to have Daniel lifted out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the lion's den, no wound was found on him, because he had trusted in his God. Then, at the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then King, then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language throughout the land. May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, 
people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel, <laughs> for he is a living God. He performed signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. <laughs> he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So, Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. It's amazing God's sovereignty. You know, oftentimes we think he's sovereign over the church or just believers or just in this moment or just in that little period of history. But Daniel, what I love about it, it just shows God is sovereign over every human power. Every moment, every detail. Um, I know we're going to be blessed by this sermon series. There is so much packed into the book of Daniel. It is such a testimony of God's sovereignty, his power, his faithfulness, and his plan. And his kingdom that we're proclaiming now. The same kingdom Nebuchadnezzar and all these other kings were shown a glimpse of. What an amazing journey we have in front of us. Uh, thank you for having me again. It is a blessing to be here at home. Um, I'm usually on the road. I do about 50 events a year all over the country. And um, I just can't, I can't say enough about how relevant this particular book is uh, in the season that we're entering in as a church. We're, God is really calling his church to be bold, and to lift up his word, and to not shrink back from the truth. So hopefully you'll be encouraged in that direction. God bless. Thank you.